We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in, folks. It is another Loserville Monday out here in Broncos country. Um, Happy November 21st. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody. Uh, And I guess happy Thanksgiving to our non-American listeners as well. You know, it's a Thanksgiving's a state of mind, uh, right? Hopefully you guys are going to have something, obviously have your own holidays and whatnot. But man, hard to come in here. Not too much to be thankful for with the Denver Broncos right now. Unfortunately, with the Broncos losing uh, another game, falling to three and seven on the season. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's seven losses in their last, uh, excuse me, six losses in their last seven games. Yeah, throw in the Jaguars. I think that's about it. That's their only win since the Texans game. Um, so, uh, woof. And uh, here we are. The Broncos lose another heartbreaker, only scoring 16 points in regulation and losing another one-score game to a bitter division rival, a team that the Broncos have not beaten for a number of years now. And uh, the Broncos sit at 3-7 and seven overall, sending currently the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft to the Seattle Seahawks. Scott, good to see you. Good morning again. Happy uh, World Cup Day, happy USA uh, versus Wales. Gareth Bale's going down. Yeah, at least he's playing. He's one of the few, um, yeah. speaking of injuries. Um, yeah, it, this was a strange game. You know, it's – and especially when you watch it – I watched the condensed version. I listened to it on the on the radio call, and then I watched the condensed version after the fact. And you're just watching, and it's like things are going good. You know, things are going good. And then Melvin Gordon coughs it up, and it went to crap. Right, right after that, we we just got done talking, Nick, on um, on the Falcons podcast about how mental and crazy the mental factor is in this game and momentum. It's tangible, you know. You can't you can't measure it, you can't see it, but by God, you can feel it and you can tell when it's there. And when that here we go again factor, you know, when the game starts getting away from you. And how that can tip the balance in all of these close games, the belief and the knowing how to win, and it's just not there. You know, this is a very mentally fragile team that things can be going well. And then as soon as one of the typical things goes wrong, a drop pass, a fumble, uh, something like that, it just, this, this team just folds. Yeah, they don't have belief in each other. Doesn't seem like they have belief in the scheme slash coaching staff, especially in the offensive side of the ball. 
And right now they don't have belief in themselves. Uh, you, you just, you can't see it any other way. I mean, this just, here we go again. And I've been a big proponent of, you know, games at the end of the season that don't matter. Yeah. Who cares if we lose, you get a better draft pick. Seems like a loser culture has permeated uh, throughout Denver and bringing in, you know, a camp counselor, a head coach and a uh, quarterback that's, you know, we'll just leave it at that. The quarterback we had higher expectations with uh, hasn't changed the culture one iota. Uh, and if anything, the culture seems to have gotten worse in there and things are bad uh, in Denver right now with a, unfortunately, not many avenues of improving other than the guys you already have in house, which is probably the most frustrating thing. It's not going to, you don't have a bunch of draft cap capital coming in. You don't have a lot of salary cap space. If this thing is going to get turned around, it's the guys that are already here uh, for the most part. Of course, coaching staff is going to be a, a big change. I think at this point we can say that that's going to happen, <laughs> but um, yeah, and just not many, uh, not many avenues to add actual player talent uh, right now, this off season, other than like the average amount. Mark Lindemann says, I bet Gordon didn't fumble his paycheck when it was handed off to him. Real quick story that about the hardest I've laughed at the beginning of the internet. There was a running back at Georgia got arrested for marijuana possession. His, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he, um, he got caught because he said that when they were in a hotel room together, he says when the three people burst out behind him, it knocked him down and the police only caught him. It's a Georgia university, like tailback U university of Georgia running back. Gets knocked down, and he was the only one caught. And uh, the, one of the comments under this story was, good Lord, did he fumble the weed too? You know, it was, uh, <laughs> so Mark, I feel you on this one. Oh, you know, that, you're a star athlete on that one. Um, yeah, and we can, we can get into the game a little bit, but, you know, first half, you know, Russell Wilson played well. How much difference did it make when Nathaniel Hackett wasn't calling the plays? Um you know, is that a, a power move? Because Russell Wilson's getting rid of the ball quick. We see a couple of slants to Cortland Sutton. Cortland had um, mostly a good game, but then had a few, you know, plays where he would probably want back as well, which is kind of speaks to how this team is played. Watching the offensive line closely, they did an, a decent job until pressure, like until there were blitz pickups and stuff. So it's like, okay, man for man, they were okay. You know, I was watching Reisner and Glasgow and Miners and the two tackles. Who was it? Is Anderson and Fleming? Did they, yep. did they start Anderson and Fleming? And man for man, they were doing okay. If there was any nuance to the pass rush, a stunt, a delayed blitz, anything, they folded like a cheap suit or however that saying goes. It was... They were so confused out there. They had no idea how to hand off assignments, move off a man. And I don't know if that's where your lack of agility comes in. You know, sometimes they're just not good enough to be chipping on one guy and get over and get into them into the gap as somebody is stunting around them. But they were they were non-existent when it came to picking up pressure. I mean, how many times, Nick, do we do you want to hear? Okay, um, it's a snap. The Raiders are bringing pressure. Nice plus, nice pickup. He's got time. Ball downfield completion. Instead, it was Raiders are bringing pressure. Russell's under pressure. Russell is sacked or had to throw the ball away. It's it's never, oh, blitz picked up positive play. Yep. It, it just, I don't know, man. It's, it's bad. Yeah, and uh, I've been a proponent of Cam Fleming having a solid year this season. 
Max Crosby beat him a few times. Now there was one play where that's they were, they, happen. and that's going to happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I got to, you know, I've been saying that Cam Fleming been a fine player and he lost matchups in this one. However, we'll say there was one that was with a quarterback uh, kept in to help block and Melvin Gordon doesn't do anything. There was also a play where a defensive back got a sack on Russell Wilson, where Melvin Gordon is literally turned around looking at Russell Wilson and the mm-hmm. defender goes right by him, which is an obvious, like you're in here to block and you need to sit there and keep your head on a swivel not your head looking back at your quarterback getting sacked by the guy you should have blocked. But uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon, I'm afraid to say anything on Twitter at this point because people tag players when you do that crap, which don't don't tag players, God. Uh, but, you know, at this point, he's uh, been a net, a net negative. Yeah, own it. So, listen, I, they, I wouldn't say anything online that I wouldn't say someone face-to-face. Yeah. And if I were to say to... Six five, three hundred pounds. Say, listen, hey, I love you, but you're you're struggling right now. You, you would admit it. I'm not going to say anything, but I, I wouldn't say it. And that's a good. It doesn't happen anymore. But that's a good way to handle online interactions. Period. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything that you wouldn't say to your face. I once had a fan ask me one time. Says, hey, who are you accountable to? You know, as I'm rating players and doing all this stuff, I'm like everybody. I'm accountable to that player. I'm accountable to his dad. I'm accountable to you. I'm accountable to everybody. So own it. You yeah. know, don't, don't, don't hold back. Yeah. Well, been a, uh, unfortunate, uh, impact there for the Broncos and, uh, Jackson Porter saying his franchise's doom will never be good. Jackson, everything in the NFL comes around at some point. Uh, the biggest thing right now, besides the Broncos own struggles that is that they have two top five quarterbacks in the NFL, both of them under age 30 in their division. It's going to be hard for the Broncos in the long-term perspective for a while, uh, with Patrick Mahomes here. And Justin Herbert, if they ever can get things right around him. But eventually, uh, the Broncos will be impressive again. That's what I keep telling myself. Uh, and uh, they'll eventually get it right. But this is not the year. Dave Glassman coming in saying, at least I won my bet. Hell yeah, Dave. I'm Team Dave. Uh, said, now I can only hope that uh, we break the Chiefs losing streak, even if it's unlikely. It is unlikely. Uh, we'll see. I mean, got nothing to lose, right? Uh, just another football game that uh, you've already lost in a higher draft pick for the Seattle Seahawks. But uh Appreciate you the know, stars, Dave. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave. We appreciate you. Naj coming in with uh, $20 saying optimism gone. Welcome. Uh, saying with limited draft picks in several areas of need, realistically, what can Peyton focus on? Other than the offensive line, what's the most critical position group to improve? Wide receiver, running back, defensive tackle. For me in this game, watching this game, Broncos fan. Okay. So I've said there's, you have limited, you're about average in draft capital, average in uh, salary cap. This is going to be a really good running back class coming up here. There's a lot of quality running backs, and watching the running backs in this game was bad. Uh, The Broncos in this game, they just have absolutely no punch in their running game. Even the Latavius Murray, you know, rugby scrum type of runs. What did Latavius Murray end in this game in terms of his yards per touch? It had to be horrible. 2.9. 2.9 on 17 carries. Punchless with a long of 12. That means you're having a bunch of runs that are getting stuffed up at the line of scrimmage against a terrible Raiders front, Melvin Gordon, eight carries for 31 yards, 3.9. You just have absolutely no punch, no explosiveness right now with the run game. Part of that is offensive line. Part of that is the running backs themselves, how limited you are, how, I mean, Latavius Murray, you picked up off of a practice squad. Uh, just, there's not I, much. I thought value. he was a free agent. I don't, I don't even think he was employed at the time. He was on the Saints practice squad. Okay. Uh, he was called up and played a game for the Saints, but then they, <laughs> I think they signed him off the Saints practice squad. But you're talking about, that's your area right now that's really struggles for the uh, the offense in my opinion I think you have to lean really hard into the run game personnel uh, the Broncos overall on the day finish with I have it right here 
3.4 yards per carry on 28 rushes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And you get lapped there uh, by the Raiders going 4.5 yards per carry. And same in the past game, 6.6 to 7.8. You didn't hit any home run balls in this one because this Raiders effectively played cover for uh, the entire game from what I gathered. Uh, and it'll have to go back and check what the data says. But I think running back in the run game personnel is an area that you can lean into and that should help the offense a good bit. Do you want to make your 20, $250 million quarterback play complimentary football to the run game? No, if you're paying a quarterback that amount of money, he better be, you know, the alpha and the omega for what the offense does. It's not what Russell Wilson appears to be right now. And I'm, I'm doing what I can to make the offense as, functional outside of the prism of Russell Wilson uh, as possible. Watching this game, um, you said last week that that the the real killer to this offense has been Javante Williams being missing, and it was it was glaring in this game. Uh, Chase Edmonds looked like he was going to get a decent load. Um, and I, I, I hate sometimes watching these games after the fact when you know someone's about to get hurt. Because it was it was obvious. I mean, again, they don't show replays when you're watching the condense, but I saw him go into a pile and get bent completely backwards. I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet we don't see him again. That had to be the play. It was first quarter, you know, nine minutes left in the game. Now you've got to rely on on um, on Melvin Gordon uh, as, as one of your players. And, you know, what's the old saying? I'd rather have a Russian army in front of me than a French one behind me or something like that, you know, with your teammate, I'd I'd rather not have him there. And then watching Murray big, powerful 
he'd get to the scrum, as you'd like to say, and then he'd start sidestepping. You know, just blast through that thing, man. And if you take away Russell Wilson's one scramble for eight yards, it was 3.19. So 3.2 yards per carry out of that bunch against a defensive front that isn't so good. Um, Naj, appreciate you coming in. Love you, brother. Um, there was a uh, there was a rock bottom comment in here. Let me see if I can find it again. Um, someone said it was it, it feels like rock bottom, but losing to the Panthers would be uh, would be rock bottom. And apologize, I can't f- find it. But I got news for you: the Panthers might be a better, probably a better team than the Raiders. They are, um, and they're definitely better talent. on defense. When the Panthers decide to bow up and play, they're they're not bad. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, they've been in, in a state of flux, and their quarterback play is so limited. Whatever. What's the word? Limited. For? Limited. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I was thinking erratic. That's what I was. I was looking yeah. for erratic. Their quarterback play is so erratic that if they get a decent game from their quarterback, and that that defensive front can be scary. Sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be best. So losing at. And that is in this was at Carolina. Yep. And that that's not obviously no team when you're three and seven yeah. is is an automatic win. But the Panthers can be dangerous, man. They're not, they can be a good football team. They don't always they, play that way, but they can be. They have a lot more defensive talent uh yeah. than any of the teams the Broncos have played the last few weeks, uh, without a doubt in my mind. So uh, it's in, I mean, the Titans were without five of their starters. So the Titans typically would, but they didn't when the Broncos played Jacksonville doesn't. I mean, this is a very good Panthers team and probably the best defensive and offensive lines uh, the Broncos will have faced in a, a few weeks here. So it's going to be, well, and especially at home. Yeah. At home, you know, they're, they're time three zone. and three at home. They're zero and five away. Um, They just lost 13 to three at Baltimore. Yeah. And they only gave up. Let's see how many total yards. 308 total yards to the Ravens. Yep. You know, they're so anyway, I'm not saying this isn't rock bottom, but the Panthers, the Panthers aren't a gimme. I'll tell you that, especially on the road. I think the Panthers are going to be favored, but favored by four. Uh, that's what I would set the line at right now. Ryan Slavic coming in saying, good morning, fellas in Broncos country. Kubiak calling plays look better. Remember, it's still Hackett's playbook. Line sucked. Obviously, Kareem Jackson doesn't have it anymore. Simmons overrated. Gordon needs to go. I was kind of laughing to myself and sitting on my hands uh, when I saw everybody, you know, crowning the, this is the offense we waited for with uh, Kubiak. I'm like, yeah, 10 points in the first quarter. Let's see how the rest of the games goes. Broncos end up scoring 16 against a Raiders team. That's been giving up, but I think on average 24 points a game. Uh, so yeah, I would not uh, get too excited about that. We'll see what it looks like next week as well, but it still looked like the, uh, the Russell Wilson offense to me. And it comes back to still your offense, uh, cannot run the ball with any sort of explosiveness to the point where teams are having to change what they're doing with their umbrella coverage on the back end. And just it's limiting the explosive plays on top of, you know, the lack of wide receivers, right. Uh, that you have right now, but it's unfortunate. So some positives in this game, uh, let's get into some of the positives. I thought that uh, Kendall Hinton stepped up. Uh, he had, a, I think he did have a big drop in this game, but more or less uh, when he was called upon, he did pretty, pretty darn well. And uh, overall, I thought that the, Baron Browning specifically, I thought had a pretty darn good game out there, whether it be in run defense, uh, pass rush, or flexed out into coverage. Uh, really good young player right there. So those are two guys I wanted to highlight. Uh, so it's not all doom and gloom here. The Broncos do have some guys to uh, lean on. 
Unfortunately, this is probably the first game this season where we come in and be like, you know, Patrick Sertan, tip your cap. Devontae Adams got one on you. I know a lot of people were saying it was Justin Simmons on that overtime touchdown play. You watch the uh, <laughs> you watch the play again. It's a pretty basic cover three look. Patrick Sertan follows the crosser, what he thinks is a crosser, and it's not a crosser. He gets cooked. That's a Patrick Sertan easy touchdown yeah, uh, given up on that one. corner out. Yep. Yep, and Sertan is caught in no man's land, uh, unfortunately. that's It's a cover three. I mean, I get we all want to protect Sertan and cling to that because he's probably been the only good feelings Broncos country has had this season, but he got toasted on that one. It just It's going to happen sometimes, and great great route by Adams. Cristiano coming in from Brazil says, to be fair, it could have been 17 points in the first half if not for the MG3 fumble. But he did fumble, and it's not like that was a fluke. You know, nope. oh my God, Melvin Gordon fumbled? Really? Wow. I mean, some of these things are fluky. That ain't. You yeah. know, that one's that one's not. That's Melvin Gordon in on the goal line in a crucial situation. And you know, he fumbles. He I think it was it was last week he put the ball on the ground one every four carries. Uh between a drop or a fumble, or you know, he he touched the ball X amount of times, he dropped a pass, he fumbled one out of bounds, and he had a fumble that wasn't called a fumble. So, you know, one out of every four. And that was about his how many at the carries on that play? A lot. This yeah. isn't, it's, it's not rocket science. I, I, we had to see him again. Otherwise, we wouldn't have again. It's, it's one of those, what do they keep seeing in Melvin Gordon? He's the only one that can stay healthy, for God's sakes. That's one of them. He's, he's a vet that's learned how to protect himself, I guess. But he, um, he's staying, uh, Staying healthy, which is more than a lot of the guys can say right now. Because Chase Edmonds was brought in. He was RB1 or RB2. Lasted six minutes. Yep. Yep. Dropping like flies. It's been insane. Uh, Miguel coming in saying, good morning, fellas. What's so frustrating? This team refuses to make adjustments at half. Dead inside right now. Well, Miguel, uh, with everything that's going on in the world and Thanksgiving right now, hopefully this Broncos team you can just kind of put it in a box uh, for the season. You know, we're still going to be here venting and hanging out, but uh, this season's lost. No reason to get uh, too upset going forward. No, maybe even not apathetic, but you know, just it doesn't hurt anymore. Uh, Clayton Huron coming in. Thank you so much, Clayton, with the support. We appreciate you so much. Um, thank you for supporting us. I saw our guy Mark was in the house here. Mark Schrader, good to see. You. I saw DWI guys was also in the house here. Afternoon, gents and Broncos fans, obviously coming in across the pond there. Um, Ethan, I got to know who you're pulling for in the, uh, the USA versus England game coming up here. You know, you got right dual allegiance. What's going on? Um, Mark coming in. Howdy, Nick Scott and Broncos country. Clayton also morning guys, Greg Smith, top of the morning Broncos country. I guess he's cheering for Ireland. I don't think Ireland made it this year, uh, nor did Italy. God, I love that. Uh, Michael coming in saying morning Broncos country. Awesome to see you. Michael, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. And Jeremy Sean saying, I don't care if he's hurt, healthy. He's hurting the team the most. I feel like he's the only running back they trust in the pass in the pass blocking game, but don't care. I, I'm with you. Don't care at this point. Yeah. Uh, gave up a really bad sack. That was just basic level awareness. Head turned around and the defensive back turns right into him. And Russell Wilson gets sacked for a big loss. I watched Moneyball again the other night. And uh, this is, this should be, could be coming to the point. It's like, uh, you can't start paying you at first today. Well, I am starting paying you at first today. Well, you, I'm just telling you, you can't listen. The lineup card is mine and that's it. well, Payne's not playing for us anymore. He's gone. Gordon's Gordon's gone. You can't. I don't care if he's healthy. He's he's gone. He's available. Um, you know, talking about talking about accountability. You know, yes, Melvin Gordon. Nothing personal. If we are to ever meet face to face, you might not like what I had to say, 
but this hasn't been your best season and it's time to make a change for your sake, for the Denver Broncos sake. I had have no problem saying that. And Hey, you've made eight figures worth of money. Congratulations. Fresh start could do you some good. It's in your head right now, man. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not good. Uh, Dom coming in is always good. Good to see you, Dom. said, good morning, Nick Scott and Broncos country. This sucks. Green Ranger, uh, the White Ranger, I think, actually uh, passed away. Yeah, and Broncos lose to the Raiders for the third year in a row. Uh, gap. Yep, Denver Broncos for life. It's unfortunate, and Michael's right here. Come in, and the defense gave up a late fourth quarter touchdown and overtime touchdown. This is what we've been saying, too. This defense, now it's not 100% their fault because the offense has been so inept, but this defense seems to lack that killer instinct. Um, they gave up that touchdown late in the second quarter versus the Titans that completely changed the complexion of that game. And then they gave up a massive touchdown to the Raiders and then another one in overtime. Uh, this is a, it's a team loss. Uh, defense should be feeling this one and the offense should be feeling this one and special teams. Uh, the only area in this game where I can say, Hey, the Broncos did better than the Raiders for, for sure. Uh, stupid Raiders can't even tank, right? Yeah, sorry about that. You're going to have to get a top <laughs> eight pick. It's rather than top five. But uh, the Raiders, man, talk about tanking here. Broncos actually came into this game and did better in the uh, the penalty yards. Um, Broncos had five penalties for 45 yards. Raiders, especially in that first quarter, uh, nine penalties for 98 yards. I know the Bron- a lot of Broncos country was feeling pretty good about that first quarter. The Broncos, are number w- the Broncos have a number one offensive stat in the NFL so far this season. Can you guess what it is, Scott? Number one in this. It's a good one. The Broncos are number one in this. Yes. No, I offensively can't. yards gained from pass interference. The Broncos are number one in the NFL in that by a good bit. And we saw that again this week. You can't really build an offense around getting yards off of opposing team penalties. It's one of the benefits of being aggressive, uh, throwing the football deep, but uh, Broncos got a couple, one or two pass interferences in the first quarter that really helped them specifically on their touchdown drive. Not good enough though. In the end, it, it goes away. Uh, not, you can't really, you can't build a whole offense around it because you're not going to get a, that many uh, pass interference penalties. Rex Wilson coming in saying, please help me understand Broncos sack car on first down and a holding penalty was called in the offense. Car lost nine yards and on the sack Hackett accepts the holding call. I thought it was less than nine yards, but I could be mistaken. It was, it was at least seven. I so think it was seven, second seven you know, second to 17 yeah. or first and 20. Again, I, I listened to the, the, uh, the national broadcast, I listened to the Broncos broadcast and they both said, Oh, you know, he'll, he'll decline this. Well, oh, he is taking it. Yep. Um, that said, the next play was a sack. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't count on that again, Rex, you know, it, it was one of those that you got it right, even though you were wrong, you know, instead of 
first and instead of second and 17, it ended up being like second and 27 because you were able to get a sack on the next play. Yep. You can't count on that. You should it should have been second and 17. I I I can't explain that. I really can't. Yep. Little yell coming in here saying Russ put up Matt Moore's stat line and we're saying he improved. I mean, yeah, he did actually. Crazy. I uh, had multiple opportunities to make game changer and he didn't do anything, even with marginally improved play calling. Yeah, Russell Wilson, I'm I'm really afraid to see. And we'll see it again next season. The Broncos and George Payton are gonna get a chance to reshuffle the deck and try to build around Russell Wilson next year. But I am really concerned that Russell Wilson is the the biggest problem here for this offense. Oh, and by the way, the Broncos are favored by two and a half in Charlotte with an over under of 35 right now. I'd still take the under. Yeah, that's I'd uh, still take the under on this. Um 13 10, 13 9. That's only 22 points. You have to double that. Yeah. So um I'd take the under too. Unless I'd, still, the Broncos- I'd still go with the under on this one. But yeah, the Broncos yeah. are favored. There's still a lot of again, Vegas, it's like, oh, Vegas lost a lot on this. Vegas wants they don't want it. The, the, the irony of Vegas is they don't want to gamble yeah. at all. They want they want money on both sides equally so that they can take the percentage of both sides of the bets and they're they're not gambling. There's still a percentage of the Denver Broncos. I mean, uh, not a percentage, but a perception of the Denver Broncos being the Denver Broncos. And this is the Carolina Panthers. So mm-hmm. where are people putting their money down? They're right now they're they're putting it on uh, the Broncos to win. Yep. 100%. JJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, JJ. We appreciate you. Um, I always appreciate opposing fans coming in and uh, not being, you know, just talking trash. I'm not here for just the trash talk. Uh, Salute Rivals, good game yesterday. We really want to beat you guys, but uh, is what it is. And also one of my favorite Broncos losses uh, to date was actually to the Raiders. A lot of Broncos fans got mad at me for saying that, but the Raiders ended up taking, the Raiders ended up falling from the number two draft slot to the number four. Number two overall was Nick Bosa. Number four overall was Clellan Farrell. So sometimes those losses, you know, they hurt in the moment, but long-term, um, I, I can't even imagine if they had Clellan Farrell and Max Crosby out there, or excuse me, uh, Nick Bosa and Max Crosby out there. Ethan coming out there with a 25 pounds saying Denver's defense plays decent for the first 28 minutes of each half and inevitably allows for a field goal or touchdown. That has been a reoccurring problem all season. Could have helped the defense at the end of, by, end of the fourth by running on third down without timeouts. Defense is very good for the Broncos. This is one of the games where I felt like they they missed Chubb or Gregory. Uh, Browning had a good game. You really want somebody like Draymond Jones to step up and make a play there at the end when you, when it's an obvious pass situation, but they didn't. I think the Broncos right now, specifically at edge, it's much harder, much, much, much harder to do that from the interior to get that game-changing play where you're isolated because inevitably the quarterback's going to see you better. You're, they're going to have more help, uh, but not having a Bradley Chubb, not having a Randy Gregory here, that alpha pass rusher where you isolate and they're going to be a problem. was an issue uh, in the Broncos pass rush in this game. They did fine, um, especially with the Raiders not having Colton Miller out there. You'd hope for a little bit better, but uh, it's definitely unfortunate. The Broncos were not able to make a game-changing play there at the end. Um, no, no turnovers, no game-changing plays. And again, there's, there's some that think, and, and there's – there's some that think that the defense works in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, they should, you know, they're giving this up. They're giving that up, man. I'm telling you, the defense is only going to be great for so long when the offense is continually putting them in a bad situation. I mean, you're giving up 16 points to the Raiders. Okay. You did your job. Um, 
again, you're, they're not getting any help from the offense. A first down here or there, extending the drive, not turning the ball over. All those things help the defense. Changing the field position so that you're, you're you know, again, I look at the 49ers game, the close game that the, they, the, uh, the Broncos actually won. That was a field position game. Offense mm-hmm. still stunk, but at least they were flipped field positions the whole time. Um, I, don't, I think it was a, the 98 Auburn Tigers had a phenomenal defense. They went three and eight. And I considered that year a three and out and a punt to be positive, as long as they didn't turn it over or lose yards. And they would wear down and eventually they would give it up. That didn't make the defense any worse. It just meant it as part of the team, they ended up getting left out, left out, hung out to dry by a, a ridiculously bad offense. This isn't this is a pretty bad offense. <laughs> this is a historically bad offense. This defense would look that much better, and they already look pretty good if they could get any help at all from their offense. Yes, you blow plays. It gets covered up by getting picked up by your offense every once in a while. It's it's fr- it's frustrating for me. I I agree with you. They could have helped the defense at the end of the fourth. Could have helped their defense all friggin' season. Ethan, appreciate the the coming in orange on that. It's a as always, just a, a big help for this show. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no, really frustrating. The other thing that was frustrating to me, and I guess can't get too upset at it in hindsight, but uh, the Broncos had a really amazing blueprint for stopping Derrick Henry last week, and then they let Josh Jacobs run for 4.5 yards per carry, 24 yards, and 109 yards. Now, granted, they only gave up a 15-yarder as the, the biggest play of the game, but they were consistently gashing uh, the Broncos up front, making it easier on Derek, Derek Carr, and the Broncos weren't getting it done. This was probably one of the <clears throat> worst games from the Broncos linebackers uh, in a bit. They were able to uh, beat them in the, the run game and the pass game up the middle. Uh, Josie Jewell almost made a spectacular <laughs> interception, but uh, – didn't happen. And I thought a single to 10 was just okay. So probably a game where the linebackers were a little bit more poor. The Raiders, this is a game. If anybody goes back and watch this, <clears throat> watch the Raiders run game. They targeted uh, specifically the edge rushers for the Broncos and number 99 on the Broncos defensive line. Anytime Deshaun Williams was out there, they're like, we're going to run it right at that guy and uh, too much success. Uh, but again, just not, not out there making the, Game-changing plays, is it fair? Just Scott was laying it out there for, to expect the defense to go out there and do that for as long as they've been doing it? No, uh, but that's kind of where you are right now with where this roster is. You have to have your defense go out there and make a game-changing play, and they have zero defensive uh, points on the season, no turnovers in this game, not good enough. But you know that going in as an offense also. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm facing the Broncos, say, okay, just don't beat myself, we'll win this thing. You know, guys, hold on to the ball. Let's not get crazy with our, our throws downfield. Let's not run reverses or anything stupid. Let's just play nice and simple, and we'll win. We'll be there at the end, and we'll win. We'll, we'll wear these guys down because their offense can't do anything. And it, it, it is. It's it's a it's a very easy, call it the, uh, the Iceman approach. You know, yep. just sit back and let the other person make a mistake. Just be nice and cool. Naj, coming in hot again. He says, as painful as this is, and it's painful, hope keeps bringing me back for more. If somehow the Broncos can win just one of the games versus the Chiefs, it will be reassuring to so many. Frankly, I don't see it, but one can hope. Hope is one of the most powerful emotions in the human being. It was the one uh, fate that did not escape Pandora's box, because if if hope had been lost, humanity would have been lost. Um Hope is as important to me. That's my daughter's middle name. So I'm all about the hope, Naj. And 
the hope right now, can you get a win? You know, you're, you, you, you reset your expectations, you know, can you start playing spoiler some and you know, why not every win you're not hurting yourself in the long run. Again, you reward losing in this league. So you're not punishing yourself with a win. You're upsetting the Seahawks fans and you're playing spoiler against other teams. Is there hope that that can happen? Yeah, there is. Again, this defense is keeping you in every single game, every single one of them. If you get a competent offensive showing, you win, plain and simple. And it really doesn't matter who you're playing against. You could lose to the Panthers 13 to 10 and turn around and beat the Chiefs 13 to 12. That's where the games are going to be. Yep. This team, again, we talked about the beginning, the belief, the belief in this team. They don't believe. They crumble. They're they're mentally fragile right now. Yeah. House built on sand, unfortunately. Scott, I got to dip out for one second. I have a cord that my wife needs, but I will be back in 60 seconds. 60 seconds of just me. I don't know. Can you guys handle that all by yourselves? Let me uh, let me hit the uh, and yes, I did. As I scrolled down, I did get rid of a trash talking Raiders fan. Just go away. Um, but I will hit some of the um, some of the comments coming in. Little Ramass says no uh, no playmakers. Uh, looking at offense, I mentioned at the beginning this, and Nick said it last week to his credit that the, the loss of Javante Williams of all the injuries might be the biggest loss of them all. And when you start thinking about the defensive side of the ball and the players that have missed time there, Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb is gone. Um, Justin Simmons has missed time and the defense is still playing at a high level, but the offense is so fragile that the one time that the 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 Seahawks uh, the 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 Broncos really looked good moving the ball was against the Seahawks when you had your full stable of offense minus Tim Patrick. Talking about the hope for this year, the hope for this year is possibly playing spoiler. The hope for next year is okay, Javante Williams, hopefully he can be a freak of a human being and, and come back from that devastating knee injury and be hundred percent. You're missing that running back right now. It's it's plainly obvious. Tim Patrick. Uh, a second wide receiver with Jerry Judy out. Who Who's it going to be? KJ Hamler was out. Um, and then the offseason. There's money to be had to fix the interior offensive line for sure. And you got a first-round draft pick. So there is obviously hope for this team. But the playmakers have been dropping like flies. Dulcich has stood out. And Sutton had a good game. Is that enough? Um, not the way Russell Wilson and the offensive line are playing right now. No, that's not enough. Yeah. No, it's not enough. You need... Uh, to go out there and, again, I'll say it on here a million times, I think this is offensive line. You need to lean into the run personnel uh, very hard. That means using another high draft pick, a top 100 pick on a running back probably because what is Javonta Williams going to be like next year? I don't know. Uh, you can't. I don't think you can bank on him at all. The next season people say that, oh, we have Javonta already here. He might not even be able to play until October next year given the tore two ligaments in his knee. Uh, so that's he might not, not ever be the same period. So you probably got to use another investment at the running back position and you got to go out there and spend not only draft capital, but free agents money, uh, free agent money on the offensive line, uh, right tackle center and left guard, maybe even long-term at left tackle as well. I know the Broncos are scouting the left tackle position pretty darn hard in the draft. Uh, the way Garrett Bowles contract sets up, you're going to have to go out there and do that. And luckily the Broncos, that's another positive from this game here for me, Scott. I think the Broncos are going to be able to free up an additional about 10 million in salary cap savings this off season if they want. 
because I'm okay going with Demari Mathis next season at cornerback number two. I think Mathis has had a uh, solid season out there opposite of Patrick Sertan since the um, bad game against the Chargers. And that guy, you say what you want about him. I don't think he always trusts his technique. He sometimes can be a little bit grabby out there, but he competes. Uh, he goes out there every single play. He's in a position. He gets to a position because of his physical ability where he can make a play on the ball and contest at the catch point. And uh, he'll go out there. He'll compete at that play, and then he'll go out there and do it again. Uh, he does not back down. And for a cornerback that's going to be playing opposite Sertan, you're going to need a cornerback with a short-term memory and a lot of aggressiveness out there on that side because they're going to get targeted a lot. I think Mathis actually has the mentality where that's okay, and you can go a little bit cheaper on the defensive side of the ball to give yourself more resources uh, going forward to continue to invest in the offense because you're going to need every asset you can uh, to keep uh, at least add uh, players to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I was encouraged by what I saw. I think that's a good shout. I thought Mathis had a, an up and down game, but you know, as you get more experience, you start working some of the the downs out of there. But I saw enough out of there to think, yeah, second year he could make that step over. I agree with you. Um, where you can say so the place, I mean, ten million. Graham Glasgow is is uh, in twenty twenty three has a fourteen million cap hit against three million dead cap. There's eleven million in savings right there. Um, yep. you know, there's going to be free agent money available next season. Yeah. Um, you know, you're maybe that goes to Draymond. One of those is, is re-signing Draymond Jones, but, um, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be money. You've got some draft picks again, and there's going to be some money available again. And the places where you can improve this team the most, for the most part, if we throw out quarterback and wide receiver are fairly cheap. You know, if I go interior line, I can get three interior linemen, good ones for 15 million. You know, right. it, just because I'm paying Graham Glasgow 14 just means that was a stupid contract. It doesn't mean that that's what it costs to get a good one. Yep. <sighs> yep. It's a, uh, it's a tough situation right now for Broncos country. And I think this game is the, the inevitable, uh, no doubt Nathaniel Hackett's fired. I don't think there's anything that the Broncos can do at this point outside of going undefeated down the stretch here that would save Nathaniel Hackett's job. I think that the players in the locker room like Hackett, the person, uh, but I don't think that there is much respect that he's putting them in the best situation to win. And they can like you as a person, but if it's, if you're affecting their bottom line or a chance to earn money in the future, they're going to turn on you or be ready for you to move on. So does this I help? Does this help throw and giving a little criticism to, you know, the star boy, you know, as, as impact says, did it sound like Hackett put the blame on Wilson for the incompletion on their last play, leaving more time on the clock for the Raiders? Yes. Yes, it did sound like he put the blame on Russell Hackett. Cause that's where the blame belonged. Yep. That's a rookie mistake, yep. not a 10 year vet mistake, you know, do what you can slide, but go down and keep the, keep the clock running. You'd rather lose yards there for sure. So yes. And that's a, that's a start. That's yep. a, I mean, it's probably, it's too little too late, but he's not untouchable. No touched. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be really interesting to hear more and more as the packet era probably inevitably comes to a close here <laughs> era one year um, about the potential dysfunction between the coaching staff and Russell Wilson and his people. But uh, for now going to have to keep an ear to the ground and uh, at least see more or hear, wait for more information to come out about that. But it does sound like there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a rift there uh, between Wilson and some of the offensive coaching staff and playmakers and maybe Russell Wilson and some of the uh, 
offensive players in the locker room. But uh, again, you know, Bron- the Seahawks, how many times can we say it on the show? Seahawks looking more and more right on this one. It's too unfortunate. Um, little Rain Man 34 coming in here saying Hackett needs to show some fire too. Too nice of a guy on the field. I mean, he got to be his authentic self. Uh, I think that's kind of who he is. But the more and more we uh, get away from that hiring, the more and more it seems like we didn't hire somebody who was even close uh, to being ready for that and not the capable offensive schemer that could overcome um, that at least could uh, gain experience and credit uh, where that type of personnel, like if he's out here, you know, scheming like Mike McDaniel or something, he could be goofy, you know, nice guy. It doesn't matter, but not doing enough in other areas to where that shtick uh, sits well. I've said a zillion times on here, you know, just watch, the shower shoes, the fungus on your shower shoes scene from Bill Durham. You know, you win 20 in the show, the press will say you're colorful. Until you win 20 in the show, it means you're a slob. All those little quirks, you know, there was something in here about smelling salts for a coach. I've never heard of that. Um, is Jim Mora. The Atlanta Falcons did that on the sideline. I, Jim Mora I Jr. don't even know. I, I okay. never paid attention to what the coaches are stuffing up their noses. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Mora Jr. Business. for sure. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's the the shtick. It's it's not it's not colorful when you're losing. It's annoying. Um, but I did see uh, Quinn Miners on a false start. I did see the furrow brow. Quinn, use your head. You know, one of those. Yeah. I'm like, really? You're getting after Quinn Miners? All right, all right. Get after somebody. But again, is it too little, too late? You know, when you, you know, it's it's sorry. If I know you're gone, yell at me all you want. I don't care. I'm going to outlast you. You're, you're gone, dude. It doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. And before we start to wrap up this loss, we'll be back again tomorrow morning. Uh, is Hackett still here as the head coach this week? Is he, is he still going to be on or is he somebody who is sayonara? We'll see you later. Oh, I, I think, I think, I think he'll, he'll see out the rest of the season now. What was six games left? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless it's like the last three or four, just to get an evaluation period. Um, but I don't think there's any, you're not salvaging this season. So there's not a move that if you're going to make a move to think that we're okay, this obviously isn't working, man, you guys, again, forget the sport. Y'all would enjoy anybody watching this show would enjoy the general manager aspects of international football. It's cut freaking throw you lose four games in a row on a 30 game season they'll fire your ass it's insane they change managers like i change my socks so if there was any hope of salvaging this season that move would have been made a couple weeks ago now if they do make a move it'll be okay we want to evaluate an internal candidate like a zero ebero um but otherwise we're looking for 2023 yeah and here's a question coming in. Maybe this will be the one that wraps us up here unless anybody comes in with some supers. We've appreciated the super so far today and everybody coming in. Do us a favor, drop a like, thumbs up, or a uh, we got an angry react coming in from Aaron Johnson, Earl Thomas, la- Earl Thompson laughing. It's okay. Uh, but, you know, we appreciate the subs- uh, subscribing, liking, and sharing this show. Uh, GW Brewer coming in here saying percentage of troubles on Russ. So how much of what's going on in Denver right now it falls at the feet of – Franchise quarterback Russell Wilson. 25. 25. 25%. I might I was go, go, go I might go 50 coaching administration, 25 offensive line, which ties into the big number for the 50 and 25% on on your quarterback. And then doing some Yogi Berra math. I might, you know, throw some on injuries too. But again, 
when people believe and you're winning, it's amazing how much healthier people stay and how yeah. quickly they come back, how much quicker they come back than, you know, coming back and, and busting their butt for the team. For me, I'm probably going to go 33% Russell Wilson. So a third. And uh, after that, probably 33% uh, the lack uh, are the injuries going on right now. It's just been insane for the Broncos this year, how many injuries they've had. And then after that, 33% on the, uh, the coaching staff in general, mainly lean on the offensive side. But I mean, if you had the offensive line, I think with everybody still healthy, it would still be an average unit or below average slightly, but to so many injuries, the offensive side of, I mean, how much this, this Broncos game, no explosive plays pretty much in general besides the Kendall Hinton touchdown. But if you had Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Javante Williams, Tim Patrick out there, even just, you know, pick two of those guys, it's probably going to be a lot better on the explosive side of uh, football on this game might look different, but you are that injured right now. But I think the biggest, the biggest concern right now is a lot of things can change. You can change coaching staff again next year. You can have a lot of turnover on the personnel side, but Russell Wilson is here for at least the next two seasons. It would be shocking if they moved on from him after next season. So he's the one that they got to figure out how to work it right now. And that's the, that's the 30%, 33% that I'm the most concerned about. You know, when you're sitting there year by year, we're screaming at each other about Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. At least there was light at the end of the tunnel with that one. It's like, okay, we can reshuffle the deck. We got mm -hmm. avenues to change, improve that next year. Russell Wilson is a depend, uh, dependent variable at this point, or, you know, a, a, a static variable. We know that right. he's going to be here the next two years. You're going to have to figure out how to work it around him. That's going to limit maybe some players that want to come in, given how poor he's been uh, this season. That's probably going to limit some coaching staffs that want to come in uh, mm -hmm. at least the, the top of the line. You're still going to be able to get a coach in here. That's not, that's not what I'm mm -hmm. saying, but like the number one coach isn't going to have the power to come in and pick his offense and pick his quarterback because Russell Wilson doesn't work every single type of offense. Yeah. Russell if Wilson I'm in, if I'm in com competition with the Houston Texans, do I want to take for a, for a guy, do I want to go to Houston and have the number one pick or do I want to go to Denver and have Russell Wilson for three years? Yeah. Uh, you know, as a, I, I think I'd know where I might want to go on that one. Like say, I, I get to choose my quarterback, handpick my quarterback in the draft and come up together or jump into, uh, into this, this mess. And that's a, that's a good one from Michael. Um, Georgia Viking, a salute to you, that Manning head. I was hell heading a soccer ball. I promise you that one. I mean, all this space, whoo, look out. Surface area, man. That's what it's about. But That's uh, right. It's like hitting with a with Thor's hammer. Bang. And final thing, Scott, I want to get into here before we get out. The big change, the big change uh, announced before kickoff or announced before games kicking off on Sunday. Broncos, uh, Nathaniel Hackett giving up play calls. Uh, number one, too little, too late. Uh, number two, why now when you had a bye week to get it going and three, does it, does it, does it matter? I mean, it's obviously a sinking ship at this point, uh, but do you make anything of this move going forward or what it says about the, what's going on internally? Oh, do you think he did that on his own? Um, I'm willing yeah, to do anything. Question. You know, he says, I'm willing to do anything. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll see this. Okay. What are you, what exactly is it you do here then? You know, if you're the, you were brought in as an offensive coordinator, play caller, yeah. and now you're not, you're the head coach with no head coaching experience. Um, and now you're a three and seven head coach. It's, I said before, if you're going to do that, just, just fire him, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, go ahead and do that. So how much farther along has that already happened? You know, it, 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 it may have already happened and we are just waiting for the, you know, the news to come out. Hey, listen, 
start getting your resume together. Yep. Yep. It's rough. Well, guys, uh, we appreciate you and coming Cristiano, in. And- Filthy Rich Dude doesn't spend $5 billion to have a bad team that doesn't bring revenue. Yeah, that ain't it, man. The, the worst teams are making money. It's a, it's, a, it's a billionaire boys club. Once you buy in, your asset appreciates and you're making money off the TV money. It's, yep. Do they want to be embarrassed when they go to their billionaire boys club meeting and have a team that is stinking things up? It's more about ego than it is about revenue. I promise you that. So if they care, that's when it matters not revenue because this is guaranteed revenue and appreciation of an asset. Yep. It's rough. It's rough. And we got a lot of off season uh, to figure out it's six more games to figure out what's going on. And we got a winnable game coming up next at Carolina. We'll see how it plays out for the Broncos. Uh, appreciate you guys coming in and venting a bit. It's a, uh, it's a rough time um, losing this game. Seeing Seahawks fans come in here and say they're sorry for us. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a rough time in Broncos country, but Luckily, things can turn around quickly uh, in the NFL. We've seen a lot of flipping, uh, fortunately, in the league one year to the next. So you get the right coach in here, you get a couple of right draft picks, sign one player, get a little bit of health. Uh, things can change very quickly. So hopefully that's the case for the Broncos next year. Hopefully they'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, one one season away uh, from flipping it around. So we appreciate you guys coming in. And we'll continue to talk about this team, uh, despite how painful they have been on the field. Uh, things they can build on for next season, no doubt, with these final six games of the season. Uh, DWI guys and the Broncos have no winnable games left. I would argue that the Arizona Cardinals is still a winnable game. I do not respect that team very much. I think Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are heading to nowhere fast. And I think this Panthers game is a winnable one as well. Not that the Broncos will win. I'll probably pick them to lose every game the rest of the season uh, because I picked them to win this Raiders game and they hurt me. Um, but uh, that's... Uh, it is what I it is. The Raiders and almost changed my mind watching the Titans dismantle. Who are they playing? The Packers or somebody? The, yes. the Titans dismantled somebody. I'm like, all right, you know, you and that's the thing is, like I said, this defense is good enough. They're all winnable, but the problem is, is they're all losable too. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You're playing. Your defense is going to hold the other team to a score that is going to keep the game competitive. Yep. This this team doesn't know how to win, and the offense certainly doesn't know how to win. Yep. They certainly don't. <sighs> well, guys, uh, I think the Broncos would be what eight and one this season if they put up eighteen points in regulation this uh, per game this year. So you're you're closer than you think. Uh, you're closer than you think. But unfortunately, it is what it is. And to Achy Dragon saying Nick should just attend all the games so that way Seattle gets the number one pick. I, I'm not. If anybody wants to pay me uh, to go to those games and fly me out there, then we're talking. But uh, other than that, I don't know. Maybe the Seahawks uh, should pay me to go to those rest of those games. That'd be a good time. Uh, but we appreciate everyone coming in uh, down right now, but not out totally, uh, I guess, out this season, but not out out. And also straight to the bone saying, why didn't we trade away Melvin Gordon? I think you're getting a pretty good idea why you didn't trade away Melvin Gordon, because there were no takers. Who's yeah. offering anything for Melvin Gordon? Who? What Nobody. am I going to offer you for Melvin Gordon? Yeah. You're going to yeah, cut yeah. it. You should, he should have been cut. He, he, he should have been cut already. He's, he's damaged goods for one reason or another. He's damaged goods, and a fresh start would do both of you very well. I'm not offering you a seventh-round pick in 2026 for him. No. I mean, maybe the the uh, Wisconsin Badgers would take him back. Uh, they could use their running back. Looks a little bit injured right now, but that's about it. Um, but, yeah, it's unfortunate. Broncos going to have to do some soul-searching here, and uh, – Guy's going to be playing for themselves probably down the stretch. Defense probably isn't playing for that number one defense anymore after this game. But uh, 
frustrating. But again, we got a lot of fun young players to talk about. Broncos are going to have some ability to build this team next year. They're going to be really cheap uh, at cornerback, which is an expensive position because you're playing, you're paying two rookies probably next year at that position. I would move on from Darby at this point and a, a lot of a uh, cheap money at uh, edge rusher as well. Moving on from Bradley Chubb paying a third round draft pick who's playing good, uh, good ball at Baron Browning. So you're going to have some assets uh, to improve that side of the ball and God, they're going to have to. Um, and Noah 72 coming in saying, what do we have to give up for Sean Payton? It does not sound like Sean Payton is interested in coming to Denver. And it doesn't sound like the Broncos would give up a first round pick for him. The team to watch for Sean Payton right now is the Los Angeles chargers. Um, his longtime assistant, Joe Lombardi is the offensive coordinator there. And if I was a head coach and I had a choice to coach Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson, it's an easy decision uh, for, for me right now. It's not even close, uh, unfortunately. So Watch for Peyton in uh, Los Angeles, but uh, Broncos probably have to give up a one uh, to get Sean Peyton. I know Scott always and says cash. and and cash considerations, but I don't think Peyton is interested in coming to Denver. Yeah, he'll have his choice of any of the open jobs, and there might be some that you might not think are open until Sean Peyton becomes available. And say, sorry, you did a great job. You'll have a job next time, but we're we're making a move. Um, but probably cost you the first round at least. And then some of that cash, cause there will be a bidding process that goes on. Yep. And if we're talking trading coaches, I know we man keep trying to get out of here, but we don't, there's mm-hmm. only probably one coach I'm thinking that could maybe be available. That'd be willing to give up that first round pick. And it's not Sean Payton. I don't think that Sean Payton drew Brees offense works with Russell Wilson. I need somebody with some skins on the wall. That is a butt kicker that would come in and establish culture that maybe could, uh, maybe could change things here for the Broncos. If Mike Tomlin is even close to being available, that's who I'm going after uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's one that I'm a huge fan of Mike Tomlin. I mean, he's Tommy Toberville once said at Auburn, you lose 10% of your, of your backing every season. And Tomlin's been there a long time and the fans there are kind of ready for a change. Oh, they're losing now. They're, they're losing. And okay. Well, well, this will be his first losing season. If the, if the Pittsburgh finished with a losing season, like 20 years, yeah, I, I'd take him. I, I, I love Mike Tomlin. If Mike Tomlin is available, he will be snatched up quickly. Yep. That's the one I'm interested in. So uh, keeping an ear to the ground on that one. I think the Steelers would be dumb to get rid of him. But uh, appreciate you guys so much. We're going to wrap it on up. We're going to be back again live tomorrow morning as well. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at bfb underscore pod as well as at mile high huddle if you haven't done so yet make sure you're joining our facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and as the ticker says there underneath if you're joining us on youtube today please 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 uh subscribe like and share um hit that bell icon in the top corner so that way you know when we go live you know sometimes we're running five minutes late sometimes other shows are running half an hour late but or they go live at some point after the game is over. But if you click that bell notification or that bell, then you're going to get a notification and the uh, things will improve. So hopefully uh, things will keep improving uh, for the Broncos as well. We appreciate everyone joining in six more games to go. Bad Broncos football is better than no football. And uh, we're just, you know, we're building the story right now. This is, you know, going through the muck six years of muck uh, before things get right in Denver. And uh, we're enjoying a winning football team again. It's going to happen one year. Uh, Appreciate everyone coming in, continue to choose kindness and compassion. Happy uh, Thanksgiving week, everyone. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.